0: We started our church. God burdened our hearts. We were missionaries with the Rock of Ages Prison Ministry, and uh, God put a stir in. My wife and I both knew that it was coming, not sure where it was going to be, and uh, God put a stir in in our hearts. And so, in August of 2013, we moved from Cleveland, Tennessee, up to Concord, New Hampshire, and started our church up there, Granite State Baptist. We met in a a conference room at a hotel, and then at the two-year mark, uh, God was blessing the church and. We automatically went in and started setting aside for a building fund and uh, we just knew the day was coming. So we started looking. Our rent was up to about $2,400, $2,500 a month. And uh, God was meeting that need. God was taking care of it. But I said for that price, we could have it for more than a day and a half and uh, start looking at a storefront. And so God put a place upon our hearts. We, we drove by and there was a, a rundown metal building. 50 by 60, dirt floor, junkyard. Couldn't hardly see it from the road and uh, stopped in. Long story short, five acres of property on the main road. And he said, um, he said I'll give it to you after about a year worth of praying. And uh, his son called me. He said, Pastor, he said, don't ask me where the name, number came from. He said, or, or any rhyme or reason. But Dad said he'd give it to you for $326,000. And uh, I said, all right. And so we took it before the church and started praying. And I said, church, we're just going to need the Lord to do it. At that point, we're a year and a half old. And uh, if you've ever started a church and tried to do something in that first couple years, it's just difficult. And uh, so we took it before the Lord. And God continued to give us step by step and uh, get a variance from the city. It had been 17 years uh, since our city gave a variance to a church to be able to meet in a location. And uh, they were very unanimous on it as far as even before the motion was made, granted the variance. Well, then that added the burden. Now you've got to pay for it. And uh, so they wanted $20,000 for a non-refundable down payment. And so we took it before the church, and one of the ladies in our church said this. She said, I'd pay $20,000 to see a miracle. And uh, so it was unanimous. We wrote out a couple checks and uh, and took it before the Lord. And so we finally, on the last day, God gave us a bank up there that would finance it for us. And uh, they said, you have to have 20% down. Well, 20% of 326000 was a $66,000 down payment. And uh, so... God, God brought that in, and I won't go through all of that, but God took care of the 66,000 for the down payment, and we paid our own closing costs, and what we had set aside, and so it took our building fund down to, and I'll never forget this number, a dollar and 17 cents, is what it took our building fund down to, and uh, someone said, well, pastor, what about our building fund? I said, what good's a building fund without a building? That's right. And uh, so it took it down to a dollar and 17 cents, and then we got started with the city, and I had to go through all the engineering and architects, you guys know all of that. Our our city's pretty strict. We even had to have a landscape architect to design um, how many trees we had to have and how many bushes we had to have. And uh, at the end of it, they actually started at the road on our driveway with with the plans from the art landscape architect and counted the number of trees and counted the number of shrubs to make sure they were there but God took care of all that and uh, I said God knew where he was putting us and he knew the requirements before he put us there so it didn't take God by surprise and so we moved into the property a year later. That, was that would have been the beginning of November of 16. We moved into our property, had our first service. And so that was into the downstairs of the building. We, we built it in such a way, it was just an open metal building, to be able to move our auditorium upstairs at some point. So we moved inside, and then we said, well, let's start building upstairs. And so we started finishing off that. We were paying for cash as we went along, uh, being able to finish the upstairs upstairs. I went to make a nursing home visit um, a little over a year later, and a man asked me. And uh, you got to meet the man, and um, and so he asked me. He said, "Pastor, what are you doing today?" And I said, "Well, I said I've got a meeting at 11:30. My wife and I have to be at." And I said, "After that, I said there's 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 nothing I have scheduled." I said, "What do you need?" And he said, "Well, he said I need you to pick me up and take me to the bank." And he said, "I need to get a check to pay off the mortgage at the church." And uh, I said, I believe my afternoon just opened up. And uh, I said, I don't think I have a thing scheduled. And uh, so we went down to the bank. He got a check out of the bank for 242000 And uh, we walked back, and I didn't tell. I think I told maybe one or two at the church and then on that Sunday morning I had I called a man up and I said sir I I said Bruce I said would you come up here and I said would you just open that envelope here and tell the church what's in it and I hadn't told him a thing and uh, so I had him open that envelope and he looked at that and he looked over at me and uh, and he he went ahead and read uh, what I'd written on the note in there and uh, believe it or not north of the Mason Dixon there was even there was even some amens up there and uh, and so that took care of that and uh, so then we were Debt free at the church, and so that was at about the four year mark. And uh, but then God's God continued to grow the church, and so we put an addition out the front of it to be able to put bathrooms and nursery and uh, handicapped accessibility for the upstairs. Paid cash for that as we went along, took a little longer. But uh, we paid for cash, be able to finish that off, and then we ran out of parking, and so we leveled the other area of our, our, of our property, and we started parking on dirt over there, and then worked towards a little over $100,000 um, to be able to put in a new parking lot, and God took care of that. We paid cash for it. And so then we were outgrowing our building, and so we were landlocked, so we were praying, and 10 acres came available next door. And uh, so we started praying over that 10 acres and the men came to me and said, it's time to make a move. And so we called and it was under contract and uh, we said, okay, and so we left it there, and a uh, realtor called us back a month later, he said, we have a way we might be able to get out, do you wanna make an a, a, a offer on that property? They're asking 600,000 for 10 acres of property, about four of it's buildable and drops off to the river, and uh, so we, we talked about it as a church, put in an offer of 500,000, and uh, they came back, and said, no, it's just too low, and uh, we're gonna stay with what we have. So it's the second time they refused us, and uh, so, then another month later, he called me. He said, "We're canceling that contract tomorrow." And he said, "Are you guys interested?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "We are." I said, "You have our offer." And uh, so, they came back at 5:50, which I figured they would. That's what we were planning. And then, so, I told the church, "I said, I just feel this. I said, I just feel there's a little more room." And uh, I said, "We're going to have to pay twenty thousand worth of property taxes on that till we occupy it." And I said, "So let's drop it down to 5:30." and i said we'll set that 20,000 aside for the property taxes and uh, so long story short they took care of that they they signed on it we bought the 10 acres and uh, we had 130,000 in the bank and uh, put that down on the property we financed 400,000 and uh, to be able to purchase that that was february the 18th of last year ...is God's allowed us to be able to purchase that 10 acres and to be able to go after it. And so we've just asked the Lord, Lord, we want to get rid of this debt as quick as possible. And so we just set some plans at our church and said, uh, we're just going to go after it, sacrifice... Give everything we can. Everything that came in over our monthly budget, we put towards the principle of it. Uh, last year in November, we have a Sacrifice Sunday where we, at six, eight months, we're promoting it at the church, saying on such and such a Sunday, everything that comes in is going towards debt reduction. And uh, so you pray. Um, I'm going home next week. And uh, next Sunday, November the 6th, is our Sacrifice Sunday Uh, for this year, and as of today, we're from that 400,000, we're down to 67,000 on that piece of property next door, and uh, and so last year for our Sacrifice Sunday, 86,000 came in, And uh, so we're praying that uh, that's going to be gone Um, actually a week from Sunday. We're paying that property off. And then we already got the architects and engineers working on a building uh, for going next door to us to be able to continue on. And uh, our deacon prayed this as we have a a Saturday night prayer meeting. There may be five, six of us that show up. And uh, we pray every Saturday night at uh, 7 o'clock at our church asking God to be able to work And he said, God, he said, we don't want to just build a kingdom over here. He said, that's not what it's about. And he said, but everything that we're doing for you, he said, Lord, he said, we just want to do it more and uh and so we're asking the lord to be able to do that and uh so listen even in this economy and what god's doing god's still working and god's still meeting needs we had a had a little old lady walk in and a, not even a member of the church and uh, my financial secretary texted me on a monday she said pastor we just got a check for twenty five thousand dollars and uh she told me who it was and i said so do, does the writing match up with, the, you know how a pastor does, does, does the words line up with the numbers? And she said, yeah, it lines up there and it lines up on the envelope. I said, deposit it. I said, we'll see what happens. And uh, sure enough, the Lord took care of things. We don't have a bunch of millionaires in our church and uh, I don't want you to think that, but we've just been trying to be good stewards and uh, see what the Lord's going to do. And so listen, he's no respecter of persons and uh, what he's done for others, he'll do for me too and uh, he'll do for you and so we're thankful for it and so we serve a a big god and uh and so we're asking the lord to be able to continue and to be able to do something great and uh, anything he does is great amen go say
1: one thing right before you preach now when he says uh the lord took care of it i'm going to give you one illustration because uh, he's leaving a lot of details out, I know for time, but I know one week being up there in Revival, they were paving the parking lot. And he's talking about clearing off that dirt and paving that parking lot. that parking lot, if I remember, it was fifty thousand dollars that they needed for that Sunday, and they didn't have it. so we're having revival that week, and he needs and he's got them out there running the machines and working like they got all kinds of money and uh, and they need fifty thousand dollars on that Sunday because they're writing a check on Monday. And so just talking about how God took care of that. I mean, you know, if you go out there and do that and God's not in it, you're going to be in trouble. Is that right? But if God's in it, and he was, I don't know how much your offering was that Sunday, but it far exceeded $50,000. And uh, isn't that a blessing? And I want that to be known because, hey, we're looking at building, and there's other church missionaries and things here you have needs. And, you know, what God does for one, he does for others. Amen. Thank you,
0: brother. Amen. And he was there during that week that uh, I said I had got to get down to the church and there was a there was an elderly gentleman that said he needed to meet with us. And uh, so we walked in. And uh, when I came back downstairs, he said, I actually walked out and got in my car. He said, what did he need? And so I handed it to him and opened it up and it was a $50,000 check. And uh, and so that's just that's just the Lord. And so anyway, that's just the God that we serve. And so he's not broke. And uh, I just believe we need to trust him. Right. And uh, I want to I share a few thoughts. Take your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And uh, I want to try to help us in this matter of ministry. And as we're ministering for the Lord, and uh, we believe this, it, it's not just those that are out there full time serving the Lord. I'm thankful for everyone that is faithful in their church on a week in and week out basis that are ministering to the Lord exactly where they're at. But I believe today, and we'll look at it in 1 Corinthians 13, I wanna preach on this subject, on what's missing in ministry. What's missing in ministry. And uh, we we see some things, and for the sake of time, I'm not gonna read the entire chapter of scripture, but too many times this chapter of scripture has been miscategorized as the love chapter in the Bible. And uh, it's not the love chapter in the Bible, it's the charity chapter in the Bible. And now you say, well, they just mean the same thing. Well, I think God got it right when he preserved his word. And uh, why would he just all of a sudden change words? And, uh, and I believe lead the translators of the Bible for an entire chapter of Scripture and going into chapter 14, just go ahead and use a different word when throughout the rest of the New Testament that comes from the same word that is translated differently and translated as love. And because I believe that there is a depth that is here that so many times we miss... As we read over this, and I know it's tried to been uh, defined over the years. I, I've heard it defined as, well, charity is just love in action. But can I say this, that love is not love if it's not in action. It's just words, and so love is love, and it has to be in action, and we, we look at charity, and I'll be the first to admit that we we look at this subject matter, and you go back and, and trace the words, and yes, it does come from the exact same Greek word as what's translated love in other places of the Scripture, and it is that agape love as you look at it, but yet that is the love that God has Towards mankind, and we understand that. But here he translated it for us as charity which is in relationship, this is not the actions of God towards man, even though it can be applied that way. This is actually the relationship and the actions of one man and one human towards another human. And you say, well, that would just be phileo, that's that brotherly love. No, that's not what's here. ...and what is being described in 1 Corinthians 13... ...and I'm just going to share a few thoughts... ...because I believe it is what is missing in ministry today... ...when we look at this passage of Scripture. It was important enough for the Holy Spirit of God to inspire the Apostle Paul... ...to be able to write down, at that time it wasn't 13 verses... ...but it was a a paragraph or two in the letter that Paul was writing back to the Corinthian church. And so as we look at this, why don't we just read the first... uh, ...let's just read the first seven verses, okay, instead of the whole chapter... And uh, you'll understand the context. Paul said in verse number 1, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Now, I have not been completely satisfied with uh, definitions that I've gone and seen. Someone mentioned that charity is just one-way love. I said, well, love is not love if it's not one way. I mean, we're not doing it for something that's in return. But I've looked down through and I've tried to understand, and this is in my mind for for my small understanding to be able to comprehend what charity is as we look in the word of god and so i had to go back when we look at love what is the greatest manifestation of the love of god to mankind we heard two message about it as we as we started off the conference this week the greatest manifestation of love from god to mankind is none other than the lord jesus christ it Emmanuel, God with us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so I look at this subject matter and say, okay, it has to be more of the the depth than just the the love of God towards us so we see that the greatest manifestation of love that God has to mankind is the Lord Jesus. And so I believe in our lives, if we were to look at a complete definition of charity, I would say that it would be the manifestation of, Of Christ revealed in us to mankind as I look at charity it is Christ in me revealed to those that I come in contact with because we understand the things that are in first Corinthians 13 listen these are not just accomplished by the love that we understand as human beings We don't understand this type of love. This has to be supernatural. This has to be the revealing of Christ in me, which is the greatest manifestation of the love of God. In other words, I believe it's truly being a Christian. I believe it's truly reflecting Christ to a world that's around us. That would be the tangible definition of charity as I look at it throughout the Bible and what the results are. Now, when I say what's missing in ministry, I want to share a few things. First of all, in the first three verses, we see the emptiness without charity. The emptiness without charity in the first verse we see the emptiness of our words without charity. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sound in brass or a tinkle in cymbal. You say, what's missing in ministry today? There's a whole lot of words and there's a whole lot of speaking and there's a whole lot of proclaiming that's going on. But Paul is saying, if I'm speaking all of this with the tongues of men and of angels and it is not revealing Christ, through me to the world that's around me and he said this I am nothing he said in verse number two not just the emptiness in our words but without charity we see the emptiness of our walk of faith in verse number two though I have the gift of prophecies and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity I am nothing. You understand? Now listen, we look at this matter of faith and we come into a a missions meeting like this and we say, God, would you increase our faith? Listen, you can have all faith to be able to move mountains and the Bible says that faith to move mountains, Jesus said it, just a grain of a mustard seed. You could have all of that faith, but listen, if you have all that faith so you could remove mountains and you are not revealing God and Christ to the world that's around us, the Bible says, and Paul said it, I am nothing. You talk about an empty life. We see the emptiness in our words, the emptiness in our walk of faith. Verse number 3, we see the emptiness of our works of sacrifice. In verse number 3, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. Now listen, there is not one New Testament preacher that would not want the resume of verses 1, 2, and 3. There's not one today that would not want to walk into a meeting and have it said of them, "Listen, they bestowed all their goods. They just boy, they just give it all away." There's not one that wouldn't want to be say, "Listen, if there's ever a person that walks by faith, it's that man of God right there." And those are great compliments to be able to have, but Paul said, "Listen, you can have all of these things and your life can be nothing." Can you imagine having this resume and stand before the Lord one day and Jesus open the books and say, Preacher, I got nothing. I got nothing on you. You mean you were at that church for 25 years? Nothing. you, You mean you traveled those roads? And you went up and down, you flew around that world. Listen, boy, you had faith. I see you had faith, but you had not charity. It goes back to the condition and motive of the heart. Listen, am I exercising my faith so that I can be spoken of by the brethren? Am I bestowing all my goods to the poor so that I can be heralded by those that are given and by those that are looking up to me? Listen, if I'm reflecting Christ, it has absolutely nothing to do with me and everything to do with Christ. That's why he said you don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That's why he said in John chapter 15, listen, without me you can do nothing. Right. That word nothing ought to echo into our hearts and the corridors of our minds that we would be saying, God, I don't want to come to the end of it as Paul was given the warning here and not have charity. The emptiness without charity. Listen, it's not the person that is just sitting there not doing anything for God. It is the person trying to do everything for God, but they're not doing it to reveal Christ to a lost world that's around us. Something's missing in their life. And over and over, Paul said in verses 2 and 3, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm nothing without charity. That's quite the resume. But the emptiness without charity, that which is missing in ministry today. Listen, it's absolutely wonderful. I believe this. Why do we have burnout in the ministry? Why do we have preachers that are quitting? Listen, they're men of faith. They're women of faith. They are serving the Lord. They're doing everything that they can. But somewhere they've lost charity. Somewhere they've forgotten why they're doing what they're doing. One preacher put it this way. He said, When I started preaching, he said, it went through three phases of my ministry. He said, When I was preaching, starting as a young man, he said, I was preaching to be heard. I think you told me about this. He said, I was preaching to be heard. He said, I wanted to be heard everywhere. He said, But then I transitioned, he said, in my ministry. He said, And it wasn't just to be able to be heard. He said, But as I'd go into churches, he said, I started preaching in order to be a blessing. You say, well, that's, that's where we ought to be preaching. That's what we ought to be doing. And that sounds wonderful. And I say it when I get behind the pulpit. I just want to be a blessing to you today. He said, but then God brought me to the point. He said, I, I wasn't preaching because I wanted to be a blessing. He said, I wanted to be preaching to make Christ known. And he said that changeover in ministry. And he said, I found out. He said that if the motive of revealing Christ, the love of God flowing through me to reveal Christ to those that are around. Listen, if I'm preaching to reveal Christ, guess what? I'm going to be a blessing and I'm going to be heard. But we're missing something in ministry. And it's this matter of charity, of revealing Christ through us to a world that's around us. You say, what do we need to do when we show up on a mission field or show up in one of those places where there's nothing? All we need to do is go and just point them and show them Christ is what we need to do. We need to reveal Christ because anything outside of that is empty without charity. But then second of all, I believe as we move down through here, starting in verse number four, I believe we see the evidence of charity in our lives. And listen, we could look at eight things that charity is not. We could look down does not do. But I want to share just a few things that I noticed when I come down through here. What's the evidence of charity in my life? Number one, I believe the evidence of charity is humility. Verse number 4, it says, It envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Yes, sir. You know what gets tiring? And I know every preacher here gets tired of it too. You wouldn't be a meeting like this. Don't you just get tired of walking into meetings where it... it there's just big eyes and little U's all over the place. Yes, sir. And I'm thinking, it's no wonder why we're not reaching this world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is because we are so full of ourselves. Instead of being full of Christ and revealing Christ to this world that's around us. Well, I'm just waiting for my moment to get up there on that platform. Isn't it about Christ anyway? The same person that can't wait to get up behind the the pulpit to be able to preach their sugar stick for everybody to be able to enjoy that is the same one that gets up and says now God hide me behind the cross. That's the last thing they desire when they're getting up to preach is to be hid behind the cross. They're up there because we get and I say we get so puffed up with ourselves. But I'll tell you, the evidence of charity in our lives is humility. But then second of all, listen, verse number 5, I I believe we see the evidence of charity is holiness. Are we still allowed to preach on that in 2022? Are we still allowed to say things like uh, verse number 6, Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth? Hey, listen, I'm amazed At how much this world, and now it's infiltrated into the church on how much pleasure there is in iniquity. And rejoicing in it the amount of sin that they just take pleasure in and know it exactly what they are doing and why they are doing it and I'm thinking you got families that are sitting in our church and we're wondering why there's not a big movement of the holy ghost of god is because they're rejoicing in sin and they laugh about it they watch it on their phones and they think it's funny And we've lost that. Listen, go through the major prophets and be able to see how many times God said they don't even blush at it anymore. But holiness, but it rejoiceth in the truth. And it's been said how many times getting up to preach on John 3.16 and we say, oh, I know that truth. Well, it's time we start rejoicing in the truth. Yes, the, the Bible was preached. We've gotten away from it. You say, well, in those meetings, listen, charity's not even close to that. It's missing in ministry today. But then we know as we come down through here, the Bible says in verse number 7, Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things. You know why I believe that it's charity that is revealing Christ in us to a world? Is because, listen, when it's all about Christ in our lives, there is never a day that we don't say it could get better. You say, what do you mean? It's down pretty bad. Brother, that's bad news you get this morning. I sat back, my wife and I are getting ready for some bad news we've been dealing with. And there's there's some life-changing decisions that are taking place in our lives. But I said when our lives are about Christ, listen, we always have something that we're looking forward to. We always have heaven that's just on the other side. And when it's about Christ and it's not about us, listen, we can still hope in this life. And no matter what takes place, this side of heaven, listen, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Why? Because it's not about us. But it's saying, Lord, what can you do through this? Yes. Would they see Jesus in us. Amen. We see by the end of chapter 13, let me share this. We see the exalting of charity. And here's where I want to get to. The exalting of charity in chapter 13. We understand, and you know the verses down. I'm, I'm not just trying not to preach out of context we get to verse 13, and now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. You know why I believe that is, and, and you can go study this out, and I'm going to share a few other things. When we look at this subject matter, charity is the only one that's going to last forever. Amen. Do you understand the first two, that faith and hope, listen, our faith is going to become sight and faith is going to be over with there's coming a day listen we are not going to have to exercise our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ anymore our faith will be over with we will be with him for all of eternity that hope is going to become sight we are looking for that blessed hope of the Redeemer coming back and listen all of that's going to become sight But the charity, the greatest of these three is charity. You say, oh no, I want to be a man of faith. I want to be a woman of faith. Listen, why are we going after that? When the Bible says the greatest is charity. Listen, I believe we have charity. I believe we're revealing Christ through us and the love of God as the Lord Jesus Christ to mankind. I believe we're doing that, listen, on a daily basis. I believe faith will be taken care of. You say the exalting of charity. Let me share a couple other things that were written in the New Testament. Turn over with me to Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. Look what the Bible says in verse number 12. He says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, Meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Hey, how about that resume? Man, I'd love to have every bit of that. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, what's more important than forbearing one another and forgiving one another? And above all these things, put on charity which is the bond of perfectness. You say, what do you mean? That is what holds this entire Christian life together. Listen, you can have long-suffering, but if you're not revealing the Lord Jesus Christ to this lost world around us, what good is it? You can have kindness, but if you're not revealing the Lord Jesus Christ, what good is it? You can have long-suffering. But if you're not revealing the greatest manifestation of the love of God to those that are around us, what good is it? Charity is the bond of perfectness. It is that which holds our entire Christian life together. It is the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest manifestation that ever will be of the love of God to mankind. The bond of perfectness, the exalting of charity. Turn over with me to 2 Peter chapter number 1. 2 Peter chapter number 1. We see here in 1 Corinthians 13 that charity is prioritized. We see in Colossians chapter 3 that it perfects. And over in 2 Peter chapter number 1, we see it's purposed. In verse number 5, he says this, And beside this, giving all diligence, that means do it on purpose, paying attention to it, putting effort into it, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. I believe that charity in the Christian life is the apex Of where Christ desires for us to get to. Do you understand as you look down through that list. Our faith is just step number one. Add to your faith virtue. And to virtue knowledge. And to knowledge temperance. To temperance patience. To patience godliness. You say oh I'm living godly. We think that's the end result. And to godliness, you see, too many people don't get past their godliness to actually be kind to other people about it. And we just add to our godliness being a Pharisee. But he said, add to your godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. There's a period after charity. And I believe that when we're truly there, then our lives is a true reflection of the love of God manifest to humanity. Now, you know why I say it's missing in ministry? is because we're after everything else. Why we burn out in ministry? It's not about reflecting Jesus anymore. The Apostle Paul, I believe one of his verses that best shows the charity in his life is when he said in 2 Corinthians to the Corinthian church, he said, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Amen. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. In other words, it's not about me. Amen. Well, that's right. But Lord, what will it take in my life for this world To see Jesus in me What will it take Will it take Suffering long Will it take enduring All things Will it take bearing All things Lord what would it take Because Lord I want charity In my ministry I believe We can go a long ways With charity You say, faith isn't going to take you that far? Not without charity. Not without it. You say, oh, no, I just got to have more faith. Do you understand God never in the word of God, except in a condemnation, never measured faith with a dipstick. He did look at him at times and say, well, you have little faith. But then he said, faith is a grain of mustard seed. You understand Peter walked on water with little faith. Because he asked him, why have little faith? But boy, if we go all the way back to say, you know something, I'm going to live a life of faith, not to be able to go further, I'm going to live a life of faith to be able to reveal Jesus to this world that's around us. What's the purpose behind all of it? What's missing in ministry is charity. Listen, translators didn't get it wrong. There's so much depth. When you begin looking at what God desires to do through us. And when we get to this point in point, First Corinthians 13, I believe that's when the Lord's saying, now you're a mature Christian. Right. Because you're living by charity. And you've added to it. Let me ask you something. What is it in our lives? And we're looking at ministry. I'd say for our young people, be begging God to make sure you're living a life full of charity. Say God I want charity in my life The faith will come Because it's about Jesus The love will come because it's about Jesus The virtue will come Because it's about Jesus And God I want charity Or maybe you're here today And maybe you've been concentrating on the faith And maybe you're back to concentrating On the charity Because you're about ready to burn out And now it's about you And say I need to get it off this And I need to get it on him to be able to continue on would you stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed as they begin to play if God's spoken to your heart this altar's open what's missing in ministry would charity would that word be used to describe our ministry I want to be a man of faith but I want to keep adding and I want charity, charity to be exalted in my life Asking the Lord, we can have these whole list of good works. Give my body to be burned. Bestow all my goods to the poor. Speak with the tongues of angels and of men. Faith to move mountains. It's empty without charity.